from Quite the Thing Media. Joining me is my podcasting partner in crime, Big Sexy, Kev Armstrong. Kev, how are you doing? Uh, all the better after that intro, mate. Um, I w- Let's face up, truth be told, we did do a, a recording the other day, but for whatever reason, the, the joys of recording over Skype, but it didn't record. Um, so this is a wee bit like in your house, beware of dog. We're going to do some of the same stuff, but we're going to do it a wee bit better. Indeed, um, many people had their first runs, Sunday was ours, and uh, we're <laughs> coming back um, bigger, badder, and better, to use a 90s catchphrase for, um, yeah, 90s, wasn't it, WrestleMania? But yeah, we, we've, got, we've got to start with the unfortunate passing of one of the all-time greats, Scott Hall. Um it's one that had me quite bad, Kev. I've got, I've got to be honest with you. Um, I really, really did just enjoy his work so much. Um, I saw him as Razor Ramon um, teaming with Lex Luger um, against <laughs> Diesel and Shawn Michaels um, in a house show um, post-SummerSlam 1994 in Aberdeen. And, but when he went to WCW, just a whole new level. And even the the shoot interviews they did, I enjoyed the comeback for the nostalgia feel. And that's that's twenty years ago. And and the redemption story, a great loss, um, and one that we probably thought would have happened a hell of a lot earlier than what it did um, but to see his redemption story and it, it, it's, it's very sad I mean and what one of the best ones I watched recently was when Michael P.S. Hayes got inducted into the Hall of Fame in Dallas in 2016 uh, went on his little bad street sing-along through the crowd and you looked at Hall with Nash, DDP, X-Pac, Road Dog, and just happy to be back with his brethren. And, you know, it was good that he had those last, you know, almost a decade um, back in the good graces. So, yeah, very sad. Um, I mean, I, I'm not one of these guys going back and revising my history of saying that I absolutely love someone or, or didn't like them um, just because they've, they've sadly passed away. Uh, so, so I won't say I was like the biggest Razor Ramon fan because I wasn't. Um, however, I did like Scott Hall in WCW. Definitely changed lots of things about the business. Um, one of the great minds of the business, not just for his own character development, not just for the NWO, but for people like Sting, who he, who, who he gave the... 
the Crow gimmick too. Um, and like you say, he fought his demons for all those years. Probably should have been dead a while ago. I think he's admitted that, or he does admit that. Um, I said DDP tweeted up, and it was the end of the the resurrection of Jake the Snake, and it and Hall Nash, it's Hall DDP, and Jake are in the ring just messing about, like probably what me and you ever were standing kicking a football about in a garden. That was that's the sort of situation it was. Um, and Hall says something along the lines of, "I never ever had any problems in here. I felt safe in here." Which is, is very strange, and I, th- I don't think anyone would. We'll not really understand how deep that was, but for like you say, Jake DDP, they'll know what he really, really meant, and and how deep that was for him. Because like so many of these people, Craig, we we idolise them on screen. We we watch them for maybe half an hour, but we don't see what happens on the the other twenty three and a half hours of a day that they've got round about that. Uh, the travel, especially back, what, what was it, 300 odd days they were working back in the 90s? Mm. Um, travel. And again, this, it sounds ridiculous, right? We're about to talk about something that happened 25 years ago, which I had to actually check that mask because I cannot believe it's that long ago. Um, but you don't have, I know it sounds ridiculous, right? And we're going to sound a wee bit like old men shouting at clouds here, but you didn't have your iPhones with an array of any entertainment you want on it, right? You didn't have planes with tellies on them as, as common as you do now. So, so these guys, they had to have some sort of vices. Some people were women, some people were drugs, some people were uh, drink and drugs. It's just, uh, it's just unfortunate at the time. And uh, you're right, he lived the last decade or so. Um, probably some of the best things he's done with his life. Uh, a big influence on his son Cody. Done lots of meet and greets. We hear these stories coming out of um, things like England and stuff like that, where people say he came over and he spent a week with them and they bought all the wrestlers meals because that's what the, the older guys are meant to do. Um, one of the last sort of uh, generation that came up and grew up in the territories, because what was it, AWA? He started off in, went to NWA, WCW, Obviously, WWF, back to WCW, back to WWF. Everybody knows the sort of the bad parts of Scott Hall, but I believe that there was a, a lot of good stuff. Um, I think I think he was a certain taste. I think you had to uh, you had to be you had to know what sense of humour was because I think everyone's probably seen the story online kicking about of when he met the Dudleys and he says, "Oh, I love your three D. I can't wait to kick out of it." But that was his. He was just being a dick. He wasn't being totally, totally bad. But I think that was just him seeing where he he stood with you. And Bubba admitted how much it pissed him off. And it wasn't until years later he sort of realised that he was just sort of ribbing him a wee bit. Um, but it's uh, it's always a a sad thing when when people pass away. And like we we've discussed, and I say people have discussed online where. Had this happened right 15 years ago, it wouldn't have been a shock. But I think just because of the way it came about now, it was a wee bit of a shock. Um, but no, sadly missed. But he, he, thanks to things like the good WWE Network, he, he leaves behind quite the legacy. 100%. And I mean, it's even the the gratitude of how he gave back in the, the WCW days. 
Um, you know, he was a, you know, Dusty got him in into the game. Uh, I think Dusty actually bought his first pair of boots, so he brought Dusty in to be the outsiders managers, uh, or outsiders manager. Um, when to be honest, Paul and Nash did not need anyone to talk for them. Um, and Zabisco, um, in in AWA, I think they actually got. Um, well, one of his big starts was in Kansas. That's where he first met um, Shawn Michaels. And, uh, and as you watch back as a historian, you see how like him, Hennig, Michaels, DDP, and these are relationships that are formed before they got to the big time, and they then they all made magic work together and then of course you you think of the click um nah just um one one of the ones that you're watching old clips back on uh, tributes on twitter and and would we do fall into the old men shouting at clouds <laughs> um but when you look to him cutting a promo and a drink gets thrown off his head like they did in WCW when crap got thrown in the ring and he just no-sold it, slicked his hair back, never missed a step. And you compare that to, what was it, Moxley Ambrose about <laughs> a month or two ago where he's, oh, throw that piece of shit out. <laughs> it's like, no, that's right. That is a wrestler. And I tell you what, if you were to look at your your prototype wrestler, you know, eighties to nineties, Scott Hall, fantastic, um, a loss, and it's we're football fans, and you can you can form the analogy where you know, I mean, one of our big heroes is Paul Gascoigne, who was always at home on that football field. Mm-hmm. Away from it, a total loss. A total de- I'm not going to use this grace, but you know, he was lost away from that arena. Um and you talk about developmental tal- uh, territories. But there's just some things you can't teach because it's natural talent and Scott Hall was an absolute natural talent um, that could pass on as much as he could but for the modern day stars it's got to come from within and um, they could they could learn a lot from the positives and the negatives of Scott Hall and uh, rest in peace Razor You'll be missed. I think you summed up perfectly. Um, there's never an easy transaction from something like that to, to what we're going to do now. But we, we are going to do a watch along. And I, I'll let you into it because this was your idea, but you could have probably read my mind because as we record this, we are on the anniversary of one of the greatest, if not the greatest, WrestleMania match ever. 
Absolutely. We are going back in time 25 years ago. My goodness me. It's making me feel old. Because I'll tell you what, these two guys summed up my latter teens. Um, and, you know, it's, it's very, very hard when you have a hero and a new hero comes along, you know. It's almost like when you have a, a girlfriend that's hot as hell. <laughs> and then this other girl comes along and you're like, oh, my eyes are being turned. Um, and, and it possibly happened twice to me. I was a big Bret Hart fan and Sean came up. <laughs> and then this one with no hair came along and just blew my mind. Um, <laughs> but, I'd, but I'd known her beforehand because I got into wrestling in 1991 watching WCW Worldwide at 1 o'clock in the morning and Steve Austin, television television champion, feuds with Barry Windham, um, Ricky Steamboat, and to see him then, as I would call it, make it to the big time, to then come up and go up against, you know, probably my first hero would be a would have been Bret Hart because at that point you're a wrestling fan. You're like, I can't be a wrestler. I'm not six foot seven. I'm not Hulk Hogan. And Bret changed that. And then Hulk changed. And then uh, Sean changed that. And and then Austin appears as like, oh my God. Um, and as we said, there's sometimes there's first takes and now you're on the second take. Didn't work out the first time. But it worked out an absolute treat. And we've talked this before. The greatest wrestling gimmicks is yourself turned up to 11. And my word, did Steve Austin discover that? Um, we'll talk about WrestleMania 38 as we're heading into. But what we're going to do is we're going to have a watch along. We're going to have this playing in the background as Kevin and I shoot the shit. Um, Fire up the WWE Network for the cock. Um, we are at 1 hour and 21 minutes. A little countdown. 3, 2, 1, go. I always love those big crowd shots that they would do. They do mm-hmm. them slightly differently now. Um, and the ring is... How uh, jacked is Shamrock? <laughs> well, I was going to say, Ken Shamrock wearing possibly the tightest referee outfit this side of Shawn Michaels when he used to referee. Um, I think Ken Shamrock was in fashion, as we record this, in 2022, especially uh, the young girls. They seem to be wearing cycling shorts and this sort of thing's made a comeback. So, good old Kenny. Um, while we're waiting for the main event stars to come out, what was your thoughts on Shamrock? Because I quite liked him, and I thought he could have had a a world title run, but it just I I think he suffered because Austin was here, because Austin was in the way up. Had he broke in like a year later, I think he could have been money with Austin and Shamrock. Oh, without without a doubt, you could. Have, the late ninety seven, you were you know Austin was obviously 
big nurse because of the injury. Owen Hart, um, December yep. 97, hot as hell. That was a missed opportunity. Um, you could have quite easily, oh, if Sean couldn't have gone, hot shot it to Owen. And there's mm-hmm. a wind up to, to WCW. Yeah, yeah. Your, your brother's now got the belt that you never got beat. <laughs> for it, it would have been amazing but uh, the nurse Sean we were going to do a watch along for No Way Out 98 main event where uh, Sean got replaced by Savio Vega <laughs> look at that <laughs> they always say that you should if you have to replace someone you make it bigger and better and I mean on paper it probably made a wee bit of sense because Austin and Vega had that sort of history but the problem was that nobody really cared about Savio Vega. <laughs> no. He's, he's, he's one of these guys that I think that the workers loved working with him because he could do more or less everything. He was well-liked, he was safe. But from a personality standpoint, uh, there was just nothing there. And uh, like We've just watched Austin come through the breaking glass, right? And I always loved it when they went to that raw backstage shot where you know, like this is this is not one of these setups where a guy is standing watching a telly at a stupid angle, right? That this was Austin walking through the ring through the backstage area because you had people floating about doing other jobs, um, and and it, it was that raw vibe you got off it. Uh, mm. It was the same with Goldberg's original entrance, even before that got all walked down and stuff like that. That that felt raw. They uh, did that. Um, they actually. Did a watch along Cornet show where it was um '93 Rumble, um Razor against Brett, and you could see like um Blackjack lands and such like some girl. Oh, that's the way it started. <laughs> Corny's actually done a watch along for this. Um, hmm? so so if you wanna if you wanna downgrade from our watch along, Corny's done a watch along for this a couple of years ago as well. Um, and I just it's so simple, right? Like, these two guys do not like each other. Uh, Look at them, they've just rolled out that ring. It's a, it's a fight. Yeah. And, and uh, these punches are counting, you know? Uh, aye, because, like, it's, they, they don't like each other. This is not a wrestling match, like you say. This is a fight. But it starts with Austin doing the wee heel thing of, I'm looking away, I'm looking away. I'm just waiting to get out of my face. And then he goes with a double leg takedown. And, and there's no... <laughs> there's no... Uh, <laughs> As Austin goes face yeah. first into the ring. And this would be Austin's first blade job, am I right saying that as well? That's right. Uh, and we need to we need to actually say as well the stipulation is a submission match for this. And um, if I remember rightly, um, Austin said that he found out about it by, by watching the telly. <laughs> the office never actually told him. He's like, I used to use the million dollar dream, but <laughs> I sort of I don't really have a, an array of finishing maneuvers. Uh, like he, I, I, I believe he had a Texas cloverleaf, um, similar hold to the 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 sharpshooter. Um, it was I used by, by the way. Hi, Malenko. Hmm? I love the Texas cloverleaf. Sees a finish. I absolutely love it. It's one of those moves that's underutilized and somebody could bring back today. Um, and again, this is this is a, a raw brawl through brawl through the crowd. This is the camera trying to find them. This is this is the stuff that you don't get anymore. It's not choreographed. It's no. it's literally they're going for it. Catch me if you can. 
yeah, yeah, it's, 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 we're going to prove this. Let, let's come and try and film it. As you can see by everybody jumping in front of the camera. And... There's no there's no spots set up. There's no, no. Um, poofy cushions. Um, it's just, right, we're going for it. Follow us. Because we're the stars of the show. It's not planned. No, you can see because the camera's trying to fight and Shamrock's trying to fight to keep yeah. up. <laughs> Do you imagine um, if someone tried to like even get in the way of Shamrock? What would have happened? Oh no! Even even now in twenty twenty two, you wouldn't fancy taking Shamrock in a fight. He's just one of these guys that that's absolutely mental. And like the, I don't, I still know where they're going. There's one of like the original NWO shots. The NWO do what? Just about over a year old by now. Yeah, Leicester. Oh, I was gonna say Leicester a year, maybe actually because Leicester. Less than, but it's not a true original NWO shirt because the true original ones didn't have New World Order written underneath. Ah. If you watch the, what's that? There's a, a photo shoot series on the network, and uh, Hall actually pointed that out. Ah, see, there you go. More Scott Hall wisdom. Um, Brett here. Brett's obviously going to turn, right? We know everyone that's listening to this knows. That this is a double turn. Um, Austin's been getting cheered as a heel. Um, Brett is sort of, I think he said beyond the shadows. I've only said it so many times. You can save the girl from the railroad tracks before it starts getting boring. And we always talk about on this pod how long certain people have been on the roster for. Well, Brett had been on the roster for many, many years. Many years now. It's over 10, isn't it, at this point? SummerSlam 90, they fought the two or three falls. And um, we, because um, that's when they moved to the three man demolition, 
Yeah, um, <laughs> didn't actually need to. Yeah. Like a, a shelf we we <laughs> can't tell one from the other, but that's accidents. Oh, <laughs> that's right. We're going off on a tangent as we always do, right? But that that used to always bug me. Like I, I would have been what eight years old, and I'm like, like I'm eight lads. I can tell the difference. There's about a foot between them. One's got long hair. <laughs> it's quite easy. Um, Crushes um, six foot seven, <laughs> and um, they have distinctive face paint. And uh, Crush, I think, at one point jumps to, rather than break up the pin, he jumps over the pin to get to the referee. Which is yeah. the, really like, that was stupid. Um, that, 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 was the, that was the first, that was um, the equalising fall, because we actually believe it's like football. It's an equaliser. Classic Brett, work the leg, work the leg that's got the brace on it. I mean, that's, this is what I don't understand, right? I mean, this is basic. It's really, really basic wrestling. It's pick a body part that links into your finishing move. The sharpshooter hurts the legs in the back. So if a man's got a big knee brace on, that says that he's got a sore leg. This is not rocket science. This is storytelling 101. Yeah. And go, going back to Brett's um, WrestleMania career, so he's um, got his singles run started after seven. He wins the Intercontinental Championship at oh, and he misses that, and he he sells it because he's stu- oh, stunner, stunner, and that's an early stunner, but it doesn't matter. Can't do anything. Can't do anything. But um, so so Brett um, starts a singles career. He's uh, takes it off perfect, um, loses it to the Mountie. <laughs> Piper gets the title. Another great match at WrestleMania 8, Piper against Brett. Brett loses that, that to Davey Boy. That is an absolute classic. This, this was the strange thing as well. Brett loses the title to Davy Boy at SummerSlam 92, and then... Davey got to Sean in October, hmm? didn't he? Davey Boy got yeah, to Sean in he, he, he wins the... Brett wins the world title about a month or two after losing the IC, which actually elevates both championships. Yeah. You know, yeah. Nine, nine he loses to Yoko. Um, Hogan must pose. <laughs> and 10, he gets it back. 11. 11, I actually could possibly be the worst WrestleMania ever. I think it is. I think it's regarded as that. I mean, this it's, one that we were watching just now, WrestleMania 13, is not a classic, but this match alone elevates it above many others. But if you look back at it, there's, there's so much more. 12, you've got the Iron Man. 13, this is Brett's last one until... Um, 26. 26. Um, but I, I mean... We just witnessed there that Austin hit the stunner, but he couldn't do anything because his leg was so sore. And Brett gets up and just starts working the leg again. Brett puts the figure four on the the pole, and now he's going to get a chair. And again, this is not chairs on Raw every single week for women's matches, tag matches, everything. This is a chair is still quite rare. Um, mm-hmm. And the, the pulmonizer. Because yep. during Brett's hiatus, oh, and look at yeah, that's oh, that's brilliant. 
That's absolutely brilliant. You know, you've given me enough time. You've left me this weapon. Yeah. I'm going to take it. And th- there's no the stupid thing of, oh, I can't reach that thing that's right at the end of my leg. Or if we were to watch AEW's episode from last week with Britt Baker against Thunder Rosa, I'm going to set up 17 chairs and I'm planning to put you through this. And you sat there waiting for me. Oh, I mean, you just, we could go. You've just put me through 17 chairs and I'm back up in 13 sec- in 30 seconds. So what was the bloody point? Classic uh, suplex. Still wrestling, baby. Um, That's I wasn't, a shot. I That's just a brilliant... The, the thing is, right, uh, when you see chair shots across the back these days, they always look dead stupid. But these are making it look legit because he's hit him in the gut and Brett's bent over. It's not just, I could hit this guy in the head, but I'm going to wait until he turns around so I can gently tap him on the back. And Connie made a great point when he was talking about the 93 match that you, you mentioned. And it's, I've never taken a suplex, mate. I don't know how sore it is, right? I imagine it would be quite sore. When Bret Hart gets suplexed and then arches his back in pain, that makes me think, oh, that looks sore. Like you say, as opposed to when you're getting powerbombed on thumbtacks and then you decide to roll out and move on to your next spot. Um, hope the way you watch it nowadays, it's like stepping on a pug in the dark is sore, is more mm-hmm. sore than thumbtacks. Now, if you are six foot two and suplexing someone and you're falling from six foot two onto the ground, it hurts. Yeah. It's called it. It's actually a concussion. They are still. They're still. Um, Thank you. I mean, Why are you I, bastard? What you do next to my butt? Um, Pop Trevor, you know what the, the heart symbolise on Brett's tights? The, the four hearts. Yeah. Each has four children. They're banned. Um, the, I say that this is just like, it's such a basic match. And I say we've no dives. We've the brawl outside the ring. We've had a chair used, right? Briefly. We've had the bell used. But it's not been over the top. It, it's, it's all, it all plays. It's all logical. I tell mm-hmm. I tell you another one we need to we need to watch along with um uh, before we do anniversary style or whatever is Angle Benoit WrestleMania seventeen. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure they do not leave the ropes. Yeah. Here we go. Classic heel. I'm gonna beat you for your own home because it's a submission. Ah, fun to die. And, and do you know the thing I love there, right? Austin didn't just miraculously put that on. He struggled to put it on because he doesn't use it. He's not a submission wrestler. And his legs uh, been worked. And his legs been worked. But so all these things are 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 making sense. It's it's like the old um, like if you used to play wrestling games, you would pick whether you were a brawler, whether you were a a grappler or a gymnast or something. But like I say, that this is two men having a fight. It's having a contest. They both want to win. I mean, um, even Brett's punches there, they are breadbasket ones, you know, because if you do boxing, you don't 
yeah, you can win a fight with a punch to the head, but you really win the fight with taking out the ribs and taking out the wind. Why? You stop somebody for breathing, they're not going to punch you back. Correct, Amundo. And look, I, I love the, the look, that be a, a dead keeper for that is steep. Because Austin's just get flung out of them. Yep. And, and, uh, uh, and, and thing, I mean, the, the only other good bump you could have done there was a Foley bump over over the steps and, and bugger your knee. I mean, Shamrock's, Shamrock's doing so well here to stay relevant without doing yeah. anything. Yeah. Ah, he's doing a great job because you're not seeing him. Oh, now Austin's busted. And the thing I like here, right, is this environment looks very raw. I keep using that word raw because that's what this thing was, right? Like, it's like, you're not meant to be out here, guys. That This is what this is saying, right? This is not a nice padded wall where you can throw each other into and you can run along the top of it. This is a gate between you and the spectators. Um, or let let's get let's get up to the stage where I can throw you off where there's a big, you know, um, cushion. Yeah. Yeah. And now Bret Hart has busted Austin's head. Nobody's seen the blade. I'm pretty sure it was Bret that done that for him. Yeah. Nobody's seen Austin the blade. never done it. He said, "I'll trust you to do it," because um, um, wrestling eight again. Um, Brett. Brett bladed uh, with Piper, but Flair bladed with Savage. Flair got fined. <laughs> it's just, it's so crazy. I think you know, you've done your best to make a more, a more entertaining show. You've cut yourself open. I'm going to fine you for that. <laughs> um, and Brett and, Brett and Piper managed to convince Vince it was an accident, <laughs> and they clearly saw Flair do it. Whereas Bla- uh, Brett's bladed to Austin here, and at least <laughs> an attitude-defining image, if you will. Shamrock's doing brilliant. You know, he's still playing the the referee role like a treat. You know, he's down, he's checking. He's not like some. I'm trying to think what that bald dickhead is in AEW. Oh, um, that keeps on looking at the camera. Can't believe this. Egypt's like yeah. running up the stairs watching. That's it. There you go. You've got a bad knee. I've got a chair. Bang, bang, bang. I am going to mercilessly beat the living crap out of you. Because I mean, look at Brett's offense. A back, a backbreaker again, setting up the sharpshooter. Then, like you say, attacking. Oh, here we go. Setting the sharpshooter, but then attacking the knee. He tries to Austin round and oh, and it's supposed to die like turn about but, fairly because Brett done that to him earlier. But it's it's everything that has built this storyline. Brett's on hiatus. Um, Austin's calling him out. They have their match. Brett wins. Austin's still not happy because Austin thought he was the better man. They go into the rumble. Brett came out and that was brilliant. We need we need to watch that one again, even though we had half of the triple A um, roster on it. But <laughs> you know <laughs> Brett's just getting up her hand and Austin just kicks the in the balls. Uh, and yet again, look at the difference in the selling here. Brett's actually down. 
Brett has not decided, okay, right, you move here, take three steps to your left, uh, you go outside, and but I'm going to go and do a big dive. Austin, Austin's struggling to get up. He's gone for the middle rope. Now he's finally got it. He's pulled himself up. You know, they went to the Royal Rumble. Austin clearing house. And, I mean, Austin's performance there is Flair 92-esque. Brilliant. I love that turnbuckle bump that Brett could take. It's different. It's so different, isn't it? And it makes yeah. sense. The, the the final four pay-per-view, because we were going to do the um you know the the in-between WrestleMania pay-per-views uh for Taker, Vader, Austin and Brett in a fatal four way with pin submissions and over the top ropes. You know, oh, oh, Austin, you know, that blade job's brilliant. And then Brett wins the title the next night, Austin screws him out legitimate reason for the feud. Then they had the cage match because um, Austin screwed Brett out of it. Sid became the champion. Brett v Sid in the cage and they were like basically competing to who's going to get the world title match at WrestleMania. Not just, oh, I want a spot on WrestleMania. <laughs> Hashtag Seth Rollins. You know, so Austin was actually trying to help Brett to win. Taker comes down to help Sid to win. And we end up with this this um, submission match. You know, they're probably going to call it a Chicago death match nowadays. No, because well, they already had the Chicago street fight with LOD and Amir Johnson versus a nation on this pay-per-view. Well, I was actually thinking about that when I was watching them. AEW's last pay-per-view where they had um, and we, we should say that Austin is currently choking Brett out with a wire, which I don't think would be allowed now, but the bell is perfectly positioned Brett grabs it and hits Austin in the back of the head. Almost perfectly positioned, he hit him on the wooden side not the metal side, but I, uh, I, 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 I remember Roddy, Roddy Piper doing that to Ric Flair at um, Battle Royal at the Royal Albert Hall when they broke loose, here we go. Brett, back to the legs. And we're in. Oh, oh, oh he's fine, he's fine. No, and we're the, in. The sharpshooter was still protected here because Brett was a, a baby face. The sharpshooter was very protected. I think like later in the year, I mean, you can correct me, but later in the year, like Taker would maybe power out of it and stuff like that. Um, but pretty much Bull, usually Bulldog, when the sharpshooter would run Bulldog, in front. Look at this. And the gushers. Oh, it's perfectly timed. I mean, you, you could not have got that blood to go at a better time because literally he wipes it on the mat, he gets up, and it starts pouring down his face again as soon as the camera comes on him. Yeah, here we go. And, and I say Shamrock's not acting here. Shamrock's literally doing the job that people have probably asked him a hundred times in the UFC when he was competing. Do you give up? Do you give up? Earlier we've seen Austin stick the two fingers up. Look, and there you go. There's the image. That's it. The the blood dripping down over the right on his, over his teeth. Eye. He tries to power out of it. And and there you go. Here, nobody's ever broke out of it. Nobody's ever broke out of it. But he's not really broke out of it. Brett still got the hold. And Angle used to do this perfectly as well. You know. It's like, you're almost out of it and I'll drag you right back into the middle yeah. of the ring. And you got the Hitman shorts in the background and it's like, what more can I do? 
no, no, I can't. And I'm not going to, I am not going to quit you, motherfucker, because I hate you so fucking much. And, that, and it's not that thing where, who are these? Like, I think Rock used to be bad for it. Or oh. Where the Rock sharpshooter is terrible, but that's a different story. But where that's they, they, climb to, they climb towards the ropes, and then it's like, Jericho's bad for it, actually. Where they're right in the middle of the ring, and then two strides later, they're at the ropes, and you're like, you need to make it look a wee bit of a struggle here. Um, mm-hmm. And Brett doesn't look happy, even though he's just won. He's vanquished his enemy, and it feels hollow. You know? He's like, yeah. you've put me through all that. You've upset my family. You've upset, you've, you've hurt my friends. I've won, and it's a hollow victory. It's like Rangers beating the Tins, uh, beating Celtic <laughs> uh, for our 55th title. You know, it's like, we wanted it to be so much better than how easy it was. And now we're in a, t- a title fight as we record this and we don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, but yeah. I... Were you, were you on the, the pod that we done where if Brett had stayed? No, I just started no. subscribing to your award-winning podcast. Uh, we we done a full pod and what would have happened if Brett stayed and we sort of made the case and the argument that... I'm, I'm the biggest happy, I want to kick you when you're down. Aye, that's it. But we sort of said that it would have been better for Austin's title reign if Brett stays and Austin eventually beats Brett at WrestleMania 14 for the title. Look how I, Brett sold that suplex from Shamrock. And he's like, oh, you're the next big dog. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm second guessing myself here. Maybe the crowd going nuts. Absolutely gone nuts. Chicago crowd, baby. Yeah. So how do you think it would have added to Austin's title reign? I mean, it was good with Tyson and, and beating Sean, but Sean just beat up at that point if he'd finally beat Brett for the title, for his first world title, after having two attempts and not being able to do it, he finally gets over that hurdle. I just think it would have been a better start for him. I mean, I, what, who were the heels? That's, this is the problem. In 98, there, there wasn't really a problem. But for a wrestling purist point of view, oh, it's like... I, I mean, the best heel in the business is Vince, but like you say, and as an in-ring thing, you're never going to yeah. get a five-slash-six-star torpedo match out of Vince McMahon. And look, Austin's still pissed off. How he's done the referee <laughs> to send him on happy. Take that. Aye. And again, still selling the leg. He's, he's not decided to jump off. Still selling it. He can, I, and this is this is one of the things I loved about Austin. Was like my knee is fucked. I can hardly walk. I'm needing the ropes to hold me up. I can barely walk. Look at it. It's just brilliant. And and the wee when he got out of the ring, he took a wee minute because he's lost a lot of blood. JR's telling the story, and he knows that JR's going to be telling the story. Right? He's lost a lot of blood. So he doesn't just get up and pose on the turnbuckle. Oh, I'm happy. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, I've had my WrestleMania moment. And all the sort of generic bollocks you get now. That's the guy that's pissed off because he lost, because he gave everything he had. Um, and again, you've, you've got the out that if there was pinfalls, he could have probably hit him with a stunner again and beat him. But he can't beat him with a stunner. The stunner was no use. Well, now, nowadays, they point to the 
point to the sign. <laughs> oh, I mean, this is before they, they were doing the signs at the Rumble. In fact, that's an interesting one. When was the first time we seen the sign at Rumble? At the point? I'm going to have a quick Google of that while we're talking. Well, I'll I, I tell you what. We, we actually need to then watch just the Austin Hart segments for the following Raws because these things were absolutely gold. And I would have been, I think I was like 16 at the time. You know, I'd actually stay in until 9, 10 o'clock at night on a Friday night and avoid underage drinking just to watch <laughs> Raw. Because yeah. we didn't have the internet. It was Raw. You were watching it. And it was like, it was on a Friday on a Friday night, it must be said, on a Friday night it would be because it was taped on the Monday, but we never got it to the Friday. You know, I, 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 we couldn't read spoilers, you know? And, and and when they went to when they went to two hours, it was like, oh my word. Because we're still I think we're still one hour up until the July. I'm pretty sure the first two hour one was um when Brett did the, the super kick onto Sean that that ran over time that no one saw. Aye. And I think in the UK we probably got you know, oh, this this is this is a building up we're 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 keeping the, the cock going. <laughs> but when I looked at um AEW's most recent pay per view, which was Darby Allen, Sammy Guevara and Sting against uh, Audrey Del Rio, Isaiah Cassidy and Matt Hardy. For uh, a three-man trios match, I immediately thought this match is coming up, which is um, Ron Simmons, a.k.a. Farouk, Brian Adams, Savio Vega against Ahmed Johnson and the late, absolute great Legion of Doom. And they're just coming out, but PG-13, I love the acclaimed in AEW. They are brilliant. Uh, they're sort of reverse of them, aren't they? They are. Uh, they, but they're, talk, they're talking smack on the way to the ring, and these guys can go at their D-Lo, early D-Lo in the background. Uh, yeah, I was quite chubby. I wanted D-Lo. It's Crush again. We're just talking about Crush. It's Crush. Member of the nation. Yep. Um, but no, I mean, there was no top rope suicide dives. There was no 1700 super kicks. There was no thumbtacks. There was what a steel chair, a bell, and a cable used. There was no table spots. Um, this, is thing, this is the thing with thumbtacks. Mick Foley, I think. I tried to count it. I think Mick used thumbtacks about six times in his WWE career. And that was the only times that thumbtacks were really used. I'm pretty sure he used them King of the Ring 98. Probably used Royal Rumble 2000. No way out, two thousand, and then used Orton 04 backlash, 
Mm-hmm. And then Edge. WrestleMania 22, I think. 22. Right. And then one of those, one of those flare matches in those six. SummerSlam? Yeah. I think so, aye. It's, it's every other bloody week. It's... Um, Aye, it's it's like it's like ever the rest of if it's good, um, it just gets overdone. Um, it's mm. the, the hell in a cell. The hell in a cell. What was that used? Ninety seven bad blood. Then it moved on to King of the Ring. Even that King of the Ring, it didn't need it. Um, Ninety eight, and then we got it WrestleMania fifteen. Um, and then they just started. Milking it, and then we get a hell in a cell pay per view for years, and you're like, why? It's, it's not needed. Right, we're, we're going angry, old man, because <laughs> we've so far discussed some of the the best that have worn it. We're, we've talked about Scott Hall, we've talked about Steve Austin, we've talked about Bret Hart. And the LED are in the ring. LED's in the ring. Uh, in Chicago. Aye. I, the promo that. Um, Ahmed did before that when he's feuding with uh, the nation with <laughs> the kitchen sink. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Uh, but he was like, You bring your nation and I'll bring the city of Chicago. And oh, it's still, it's up there with one of those themes, you know, it's Ultimate Warrior, it's Legion of Doom. It's like, as soon as you hear it, you just go. This as a melee is it's brilliant. You well, know? I mean, you've just witnessed a an absolute classic. Absolute classic, right? I think you probably knew if you were there that, that was an instant classic match. And now you get the big guys throwing some wee jobbers about and then eventually, like you say, you'll get a wee bit of a street fight. It's a palate cleanser. That's what it is. Uh, what was the next match after this? Just out of interest, you remember? I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure they moved to. Um, are they going to main event after this one? Maybe it'll be. Um, yeah, it was. Aye, Undertaker. Aye. Said, I mean, when you think that somehow the Undertaker, well, the Bret Hart Stone Cold match went 22 minutes and five seconds, apparently. And then the Undertaker and Sid somehow got 20 mi- 21 minutes and 20 seconds. It's... No, that's, that, that, that should be an eight-minute match, I'm afraid. Yeah. Um... The, the match beforehand, Owen Bulldog against um, Mankind Invader. I mean, Bulldog, we've talked about 97 Bulldog. It was some of his best work. Aye. Uh, WWE... And we discussed it before on the history of tag team wrestling pod. They, they sort of go through cycles where, like, the, the late 80s, early 90s, you had hundreds of great teams, hundreds of them. Um, and even the not so great ones still had gimmicks and they were still positioned together. But then by this time, you're like Mankind Invader teaming and there's not really a lot in common. And that's well, that, the next that Paul Bear is the manager. That, that was it. Um, that was literally it. Cornette had been um, ditched as um, Vader's manager. After Jose Lothario knocked him out. But I guess this is pretty much a good segue, um, Kev, for we've got the Hall of Fame coming up. Every year. Uh, but remember, 
in true Hall of Fame style, please keep your speech short and on time. <laughs> they, they do like to edit them and keep them to a, a certain length now. Am I right in saying that? Well, Kev, you and I are both aficionados of tag team wrestling. But it goes wider than that. So what we would like to throw out to the audience is your notable exceptions to the Hall of Fame. And to quote D-Generation X, we will break it down. So feel free, listeners, to chuck in your notable exceptions Hall of Fame. We have a headliner for looking to you. What's your headliner that you should, you know, someone that should really headline the Hall of Fame? We're going to look at your tag team. What's a tag team that's in the Hall of Fame? Because let's be honest, a WWE Hall of Fame that's got the Rock and Roll Express and Harlem Heat. There's a few notable exceptions. We're going to look at a mid-carder. You know, you may be a model. You may have a little atomizer with vengeance and thinking he should be in there. We will do the courtesy Kev can't pronounce this, but posthumous or deed person. Posthumous. I got it printed, but posthumous. Pronouns, pal. We'll look at the celebrity and depending on which stance of the Me Too movement we're at, a woman or diva. Any other categories they're missing one? I mean, I suppose there's, there's always one which I would always class as the um, the video library slash promoter category. <laughs> I.e., <laughs> I've got some tapes. I'm going to sell it to you. Can you give my dad a little last limelight? But uh, run it down for our, uh, our listeners, Kev. Well, what we'll do is we'll get Simon, who is on holiday just now, hence why he's not joining us again. He's not away watching Champions League or any nonsense like that. We'll get him to put this on Twitter and we'll ask the questions, right? Um, We will get a tweet put out once we promote this show. And like Craig said, we'll say it. So one headliner, one mid-carder, tag team, posthumous, and a female and a celeb. I mean... If you're somehow lucky enough to do all of those in one, <laughs> uh, someone who's been a headliner, a mid-card, or a tag team person, a dead female celebrity, I'll, I'll be very, very impressed. But, yeah, let's, I mean, some of them are going in this year. Who has announced this year? Just as we speak, Undertaker, Vader, and I think Sid from her, doesn't he? No, Sid's not been confirmed. It's Charmel. Charmel is the other one, I. Charmel is in, which means that the Huffman family have more entries into the Hall of Fame than the Rhodes family because, unbelievably, Terry Runnels is still not in the Hall of Fame. And I know that's a personal great for you because you might be her biggest supporter and biggest fan. Terry Runnels is a goddess. <laughs> um... But yeah, so, so, and we'll discuss that next week 
we can discuss. I quite enjoyed that watch more. We'll do another match then next week. Yeah. What Absolutely. theme should we go for? Should we go we'll stick with WrestleMania? Do you want to do a match that we can't obviously we don't want to do an hour long match, right? So something Well let let's let, let's keep with the time. Um so we've gone WrestleMania thirteen We've got Steve Austin coming back to WrestleMania. The late, great Scott Hall's passed away. Let's do WrestleMania 18. Steve Austin, Scott Hall. Okay, deal. And if we've got time, we can maybe even do Rock and Hogan, because that is a classic. Or we could just start at Hall... Paul lost, then, and we'll keep it running. And we do, we do. we do, we do, we <laughs> do, big sexy. Um, that sounds like a plan. Um, I don't think it's going to catch on. No, no, my missus would probably wouldn't even agree with that, but but anyway, um, I think that's us, isn't it, for this week? We've actually had the pleasure of reviewing one of the all time great WrestleMania matches. Um, anything else you want to add before we wrap up? No, I think we've got to thank everyone that keeps on listening and um, we will be back with a greater frequency um, like I say, we've got our Noble Exception Hall of Fame that we'll discuss on our next pod so feel free to fire in the comments um, even if it's just a random wrestler you think should be there Um the benchmarks for some of the categories are very, very low. Um, but who do you think should be in the Hall? And we might just do a special Notable Exception Hall of Fame pod very, very soon. And I'm actually going to throw one in for who I would put in, right? Not based on anything. Just a, a, a random daft wrestler that you like. Right, and and you could do this as well if you want. Doesn't need to be Hall of Fame worthy, as in legit Hall of Fame worthy. Not like certainly on Charmel's level or anything like that. But just a random wrestler that you really took to for perhaps no apparent reason or a daft reason. Mine's going to be the, one of the guys that I watched in my first ever wrestling match that, for some reason, I I sort of quite like. So, bye. We'll, we'll do that next week. Well, here's another one. Or we might say for another time. The first ever wrestling card you saw live. And uh, we can do that. As you can see, we are totally unprepared. We're welcome to feedback. File on in and we will see what we can produce next. was a Quite the Thing media production.